G'day mate, 40 here. So I'm not sure why the, the internet is so much worse on the Santa Monica beach than it was on Sydney. So I've been walking around for about an hour and can never get enough uh, cell phone connection to do a live stream. Anyway, I watched some highlights from the Nick Fuentes versus Mr. Medica debate from Friday night. And Fuentes bills himself as Christ is King, like this Christian warrior. So why is Mr. Medica the nihilist? Why is he so much more moral than Nick Fuentes? And so on the face of it, it's a question. Like uh, Nick Fuentes is like, mocking Mr. Medica for possibly having a terminal form of cancer. Doesn't seem very Christ-like. Uh, Nick Fuentes, like many distant right streamers, very eager to try to make the case why he's a superior person, a superior man, a superior human being. Uh, more successful live streamer than Medica. Again, doesn't seem very Christ-like. In fact, there's absolutely nothing about Fuentes that seems Christ-like. So, on the face of it, this seems like, oh, Fuentes is a hollow man, right? And when you're a hollow man, when, when you're standing up and claiming that you're one thing when you're not really, then you'd think that this would be much more likely to lead to burnout. On the other hand, for 95% of Christians in America, it doesn't really mean anything. So I'd say for the majority of Christians who, who go to church regularly in Australia and Europe, it does mean something. But for the majority of Americans who, who go to church on a weekly basis, it doesn't really seem to mean anything. They don't seem to, to stand for anything. Their, their life doesn't seem distinguishable from uh, non-Christians. And so maybe Nick Fuentes is just like the majority of uh, Christians in America. I mean, Nick Fuentes apparently doesn't go to church. So on the face of it, it seems weird that this is a guy who embraces, you know, Christ as king, but there's absolutely nothing in his life that seems to uh, live up to, to that title. And uh, particularly distasteful, like going after Medica for having cancer, as though that's some, you know, some moral blemish on, on Medica's faith, uh, part that he's got cancer, and that... Uh, this is how you're going to show that you're better than everyone else because you don't have cancer and Medica has, has cancer. Seem, seems like a low blow. But uh, I guess the answer is that for most people who profess Christianity, it doesn't really mean anything. And uh, that's, that's just the way it is. So I've been listening to the Richard Rhodes book, The Making of the Atomic Bomb. And, and it seems like a, a key part of the allies winning the World War II against the Axis powers is that the allies were able to obtain a lot more of the top scientists. And when you're building a coalition, it's important to, to connect people. Speaking of cancer, what sunscreen does 40 use? Uh, I think it's like 30. Is 30 a number for sunscreen? So luckily my 116th Chinese is uh, kind of serves as a, as a sunscreen and protection from, from getting sunburned. But you'd think if, if Fuentes wants to build a social, political, cultural coalition, you wouldn't go out of your way to unnecessarily alienate people and make people unnecessarily despise you. So I don't know how many people would watch Fuentes versus Medica and, and side with Fuentes, right? It seems like his performance on that debate would narrow his base, the extent that people have any uh, open mind, any consideration of changing sides. So Medica's formidable, 
And uh, Medica, doesn't Medica bill himself as a nihilist? And yet he seems so much more commonsensical and decent than, than Fuentes. And uh, Fuentes just seemed particularly juvenile. And it's not like uh, Medica knocked it out of the park. But uh, is this really what America First has come to? Yeah, Nick Fuentes' movement will die just like the alt-right. So I think for, for most you know, live streamers, they have, they have like a half-life of about, uh, what, nine months? Usually about nine months or a year in, have about half the following that they had in, in their first initial rise to fame. Now, Nick Fuentes has got a much longer run that so I mean that he gets like 6,000 uh, live streamers I mean that's a that's a pretty formidable number but uh, what exactly intellectually morally culturally and politically can America first uh, build on uh, it really didn't seem clear from that uh, Fuentes versus Medica debate and so to, to spiral into filing DMCA complaints against other live streamers, which frequently loses, leads to the death of your YouTube channel or your, your conventional you know, big tech channels, all right? It's, uh, and the swatting that's going on between what Ethan Ralph and uh, Nick Fuentes on one hand and, and PPP, they're going after PPP and his family. Streamer and porn stars have similar career arcs. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And uh, it seems similarly toxic. So I noticed that uh, life in porn took a big toll on people in that industry. So that you know they would age as much in a month as regular people would in a year. And so this downhill spiral that uh, appears Fuentes and Ethan Ralph are in where there's just constant swatting and doxing and uh, just fused to the death that seemed from an outside perspective absolutely unnecessary. Uh, Fuentes and uh, Ethan Ralph don't seem at ease with themselves. So Mr. Medica seems very much at ease with himself. Uh, PPP seems at ease with himself. Andy Worski now seems at ease with himself. JF Garapi seems at ease with himself, but there seems to be a downward spiral on the part of uh, Fuentes and, and Ethan Ralph at the moment. So I think the more authentic you come across on stream, right, the more rooted in reality you are, probably less likely you are to burn out. Breaker First has been destroyed and they have Nick's arrogant catboy attitude to blame says the, the chat so Fuentes got on a pretty good wicket there like Christ is king is like a winning political formula for gathering a solid uh, following America first is a solid formula for, for gathering a substantial following so Fuentes's appeal has never been primarily intellectual it's right it's it's more entertainment and cultural so the way you succeed as a pundit is that you feed a particular audience what it wants so just like a john will have a hawker tell him certain things like oh tell me that i'm hurting you or tell me that i'm the best ever so too fuentes has a crowd that wants to hear christ is king america first they want to hear the greatest hits just like people 
used to listen to top 40 radio to hear the greatest hits over and over and over again. So too with talk radio and many of the most successful live streamers, they're just playing the hits over and over and over again. But uh, there doesn't seem to be any intellectual development or path forward for Fuentes and the America First crew. It just who would be proud of his, his performance vis-a-vis -vis Medica? Where Medica the Nihilist comes across as much more sane and moral than Christ is King Nick Fuentes. And, and what kind of coalition do you build out of mocking people for having cancer and launching all these unnecessary feuds and uh, the contingent of these people who are engaged in, in doxing and swatting and you know, filing complaints about you know others I mean would they behave this way if they hadn't spent so much time online I mean, is this not the problems of the e-personality where you become desensitized to to things that would normally appall, shock, outrage, and unnecessarily offend people, such as uh, beating up on someone for simply having cancer. And like, oh, aren't you going to be dead in a year? I, I just can't imagine that uh, Nick and, and Ethan and, and he would carry on the way they do if they hadn't spent so much time online. So... I spent the last two days in Passover, the seventh and eighth day of Passover, and you spend a lot of face time with people, like face to face, right? You say something and it, it registers in people's faces, and you go to people's homes, and you, you, you dance with people, and you sing with people, and you walk with people, and you get the benefits of being in communion with other people, getting on the same page as other people, singing the same song, literally, reciting the same prayers. You know, sitting up, standing up, sitting down, going through the, the rhythms of the Jewish prayer service, uh, participating in the rhythms of the Seder. So the Passover Seder, Seder means order. So when you participate in the same order as other people, it tends to, to build energy levels and you tend to get on the same page with people and you tend to bond with people. And out of that bond comes an ethic, right, that extends above and beyond the Seder. So that even when I'm walking on the beach, I still have that feeling of the, the people that I've bonded with over the holiday. They're, they're still with me even when I'm doing a live stream or walking on the beach. I'm never alone. Even when I'm alone in my room, you know, I'm thinking about, oh, I want to share what I'm reading with you know, this friend. And another friend would, would appreciate this podcast that I'm listening to. Or I can't wait to meet up with so-and-so. Or I remember the discussion that I had with this person. Or I remember being in a community over here where we were discussing this topic and so even when you're walking the beach on your own or you're in your room alone just re reading a book you, you carry other people with you gradually Fuentes morphed into a living Pepe spent too much time online seeing what he could get away with yeah yeah I mean Fuentes man of undeniable talents just unbelievably a charismatic personality can you know, absolutely hold a crowd with the, the sheer force of his, his charisma and enthusiasm. But, uh, I mean, what, what he's all about Christ is King. Which Christian clergy would, would endorse the way he's conducting himself? Like, which 
Christian clergy would say, oh, when you're having a debate with someone, it's, it's totally righteous and the Christ-like thing to do is to point out that they have cancer and they'll be dead in a year. So, it's not a matter of perfection and being you know, perfectly Christ-like. Obviously, no one can be like that, just like no Orthodox Jew is, is fully observant of Jewish law. So, you may catch an Orthodox Jew violating the law of the Sabbath or violating kosher in public, and there's, there's a big difference between something you, you might catch someone doing occasionally and something that people do chronically. Like, to chronically disobey the fundamental laws of Judaism is to kind of separate yourself from the tribe. E. Michael Jones always makes excuses for Nick's toxic behavior. But if you're violating the rules of your group and the ethos of your group on an ongoing basis, uh, isn't there a point where you begin to look hollow? And does that take a toll on you? Or is that just the same as all the other Christians who go to church and it makes absolutely no difference to their behavior? So I'd say with modern Orthodox Jews, that uh, generally speaking, their behavior outside of the strictly religious realm is indistinguishable from their peers. That this is not something that's unique to Christians, that we're, we're steadily living in a less mystical, less magical, and, and more rational world. So that uh, religion may still exist in form, but the substance of you know, having access to the, the presence of God and living one's life in in accord with divine dictate seems to have less and less power and it's hard to get more more separate from the, the divine dictates than uh, uh, Nick Quintas's debate performance on, on Friday night I mean, how do you go forward from there anyway um, I just found out a great story about my uncle George so he is my mother's grandmother's brother and uh, it's Anzac Day in Australia right now. And uh, the story, the family legend about Uncle George was that uh, he was wounded in Gallipoli and put in a pile of dead people and someone noticed him moving and they, they rescued him. And uh, so he was a wounded warrior, a, a living legend and uh, rescued from the brink of death and came back to Australia and uh, never reproduced but you know had a life so apparently you're able to look up your dead relatives military records in Australia so it turns out that our Gallipoli legend Uncle George never was in Gallipoli but he was in Cairo and he apparently caught syphilis in Cairo and he was hospitalized for two months in Cairo dealing with his syphilis that's probably why he was never able to reproduce and then he was shipped to France, served on the Western Front. So he, he was actually a year after the Gallipoli fighting ended. That's when he got to Cairo. So he was never anywhere near Gallipoli. And then he served on the Western Front in France for 15 days, got shot, and was returned to Australia. So our Gallipoli legend, Uncle George, great Uncle George, uh, turned out to have never been near Gallipoli turned out to have been hospitalized two months with syphilis and uh, ended up fighting for 15 days on the Western Front in France before getting shot and returning home. So his blood is coursing through my veins.